I think Jack Sock has the most American face possible. Oh, he's toying with him now. <laughs> hey, Caitlin. Chris. Hey, great to talk with you again. Great week of tennis. Ah, so it's, good. The tennis year thus far has been exhilarating. Exhilarating, and uh, I had more fun with this than uh, than many majors that I've watched. Many majors. By this, you mean Miami specifically, because that's the week we were talking, or just the like latest run, Sunshine Double, Indian Wells, and Miami. The yes. whole, the whole of it. The whole of it. The whole of it has been great. I mean, obviously Federer which I'm sure we'll come on to, uh, is amazing. But, um, but like, uh, we were just ta- talking about the uh, Zverev-Kyrgios match, which was great. I mean, amazing. really, truly great. And it seems like it's easily they could start hating each other for a long time, which is very encouraging. It is. There, we have the makings of a, at least on the court, rivalry, which would maybe, like, turn into like a fr- pretend Instagram friendship. Yeah. But like, but the, like in an uncomfortable, like side by side promotional events, just like everything about it. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. They seem very, very different. And I have to say when Kyrgios is serving really big, it's fun because I feel like we've been away from the big server era long enough that I'm ready for it. Like, yeah, I don't, me too. I don't mind when he holds in like a boring way. Cause I'm like, all right, cool. That's part of the game. Yeah. Big, big banging serves. Okay. To catch everybody up. Um, talking about two very young players on the men's side, uh, Alexander Zverev, who plays um, out of Germany, young, I think, of Russian descent. Yes. Uh, has a brother on the tour, kind of like a heartthrob, very, very laden in gold chains. <laughs> and then Nick Kyrgios, who's made a couple of appearances on the show, also laden in gold chains. Yeah. A Austra- an Australian of a Malaysian and Greek descent, I believe. Yep. Yep. And That's right. very controversial. Because a lot of people think he's a dick, but I am so in his in in his court now. Definitely not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I think you're in his corner, and he's a dick. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. I, I like players with personality. I like players who who don't scrub their effects, but also seem like they're actually at the end of the day. And this is going to sound very weird. Good sports. I actually think Nick Kyrgios might be a good sport. Or failing that, because he's kind of famous for having tantrums and being a jerk. And in this most recent Miami tournament, the entire stadium was basically willing uh, Roger Federer to win yeah. uh, in the semifinal. A three tiebreaker in a row contested three-setter. Yeah. Um, and I think they actually did. I think they got in his head. And at one point, one of the crowd yelled out, and Kyrgios could have had a crack at the ball. And you know what? He's 22 or so. Zverev's, I think, like 20. I mean, they're kids. They're babies. But they've got the game. Kyrgios, in particular, has this crazy wild game. He's hitting tweeners uh, for for approach shots. It works because nobody knows what to do with that. I mean, he hit a cross-court winner uh, between the legs against uh, Zverev. (laughs) If nothing else, the Sabatwini is back. The Sabatwini is back. And, um, and yeah, and he was hitting his... um, not to say this makes me sound like an old older man, uh, but he was really like hitting through the court more on his forehand. Like it's loopy in like a fun way. Like it's different. His forehand, like the form is weird. Uh, but when he unloads, it's great. Yeah. Real, and I really think great. talking about like, you know, we just also uh, had between the Australian Open and then the Miami final on the men's side, you know, Federer and Nadal, which like great tennis. Sure. Surely we'll talk about it, especially the Australian Open. That was like an epic match. You know, contrast and styles is like what a lot of people like about it. And I think if you were to look at the Zverev Kyrgios like potential, both in their early twenties, like one plays a very sort of beautiful, classic, 
more sort of baseline oriented game. And then Nick Kyrgios is like, Yannick Noah, like this is a very obscure reference, but I know you're going to get it. Um, do you remember in the Olympic figure skating uh, championships when everyone was focused <laughs> on like Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding, but the woman of color from France, Surya Bonnelly was just yep. doing literal backflips on the ice during yep. warmups. And everyone was like, what is she doing? That's illegal. Yeah. La, 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 la. She's like distracting <laughs> people. And it's like, no, she's like the most awesome of all of them. Cause she's doing yes. backflips, right? Yeah. That's an athlete in the vein that Nick Kyrgios is. And which is why yeah. I like Yannick Noah too. Like, so it's really cool. The beginning of what I hope will be a very like long and interesting career. And like, there were rumors that dogged him that he got too drunk before he was supposed to play Federer at Indian Wells. And that was what the right. stomach virus was about. Not a bad smoothie, you know, which is like, I don't know, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but like, yeah. You know what? This is exciting. Finally, there's some exciting stuff going on instead of everyone falling over themselves to be magnanimous and elegant. Well, it's great because if they're like kind of assholes occasionally when they're young, then even when they mellow as they get older, there'll still be a little bit of an edge there. Like if you start out too nice, like if you're a Dominic team embracing people tenderly at the net by be ready 27. Poetry. Yeah. You just, yeah. Here's your <laughs> exactly. haiku that I wrote you in the chain. <laughs> or maybe exactly. that's a weapon. Maybe he'll just like go on the skids and like start, you know, drinking meth out of cans like Andre Agassi did yeah. in the middle of his career <laughs> when he did Barbara exactly. Streisand and, you know, uh, Brooke Shields. So, yeah. What? Do you think that when Agassi put that in the book, he was like, okay, going to put it out there. <laughs> Everybody will never forget it. <laughs> I think like between between that and the wig. My God. The wig. God yeah. You know what? He stared down some demons in that book, uh, which is why yep. it was so good. I also think probably everybody knew about it. And it was right. probably like the most sanitized version of that. I'm sure his editor was like, well, we can just make it seem like it was this one or two times that it was a mistake. Right. Like, really? Right. It's, yep. It's never one or two times. <laughs> it's, like co- it's like cockroaches. Like you see one, it's like, oh my God, it's... Countless. Not an isolated incident. Exactly. Well, and with Curios, like with the drunk thing, like, I don't know, it has the like ring of truth to me. And I say say that without any judgment because I feel like eh, he's young because there's a certain amount of like he does um, strike me as like someone who might be kind of sensitive underneath it all. Like, I feel like that's I actually there. think he's a nice person. I, yeah. I have recently decided based right. on very little. Very little, but I mean, in terms of like getting drunk before a huge match, like it's just straight up self sabotage. Yeah, the way I think young, there's actually people... some interesting, you know, some interesting machinations internally. Yeah, like the way a young person would be like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like lose it. It's weird the way at times he's um, he's excitable, but he will also be totally emotionless. In like, it feels he's like posturing towards masculinity. If you'll forgive that, like he's just <laughs> that's like, definitely the title be, of this podcast episode. That that definitely, but like not toward. That's like an awkward phrasing, but you kind of get what I'm going after. Yeah. Like, um, he's like I'm like a tough. He like kind of wants to look like a badass, like with the earrings and the chains and 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 everything. And I feel like in ten years he'll be like in the Agassi Zen phase, yeah. where he's wearing like, like he loves his kids, <laughs> colorless and after his trainer and stuff. <laughs> right, also, right, posturing yeah. towards masculinity is the little known follow up to the Sarah McLaughlin album, fumbling towards ecstasy. So you know, bookend that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's his jazz album title, you know. It's <laughs> jazz flute, yeah, totally. Before yeah, we go. before we get into Federer more, I actually think um to me one of the things that since I've been doing a lot of thinking and talking and working on racket, racket, racket your magazine, the independent tennis quarterly journal that um my good friend David Shaftel and I have launched, which is now gearing up for its third issue, which I will be happy to talk to you about um at some point. You know, in this Sunshine Double, the only thing people are going to be talking about is how we had, like, 
Roger Federer resurgence, which I'm happy to talk about a lot because it's exciting. Right. And I think it's literally the best he's ever played, including, you know, the right. peak of his career. And we can talk right. about why and how, and I'm happy to because I love this totally. work and watching him is, you know, like reading a textbook come alive. But the two women's finals were fantastic. Yeah. The Indian Wells yeah. in particular, like that tennis was so good and evenly matched and high level. And like today, uh, the match that happened this weekend in the Miami final where Joanna Conta, who's like a British woman who had never won a title before, won a pretty big one, beating some incredibly good players, including Venice Williams, who's been pretty unstoppable lately. Yep, like amazing. she took Caroline Wozniacki to the woodshed and it was right. so cathartic because Caroline Wozniacki still at this late date is basically a pusher, a really good one, a really consistent one, a really smart one. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, like she is a maxim. She's trying to disprove. She's trying to prove in tennis the idea that like the best offense is a good defense, which is not really true in tennis. But she not plays. Anymore, it. certainly. Yeah. It's not anymore. And and to beat her, it's quite difficult because she really, really, really is fast and doesn't miss. And like for a player who's on the rise, who's who's coming into the match with like a tactical plan to like be aggressive and hit through the court, the second you get tight and start like questioning your your shots, like Caroline Wozniacki is perfectly poised to just like backboard you to death. And it watching her play like literally brings up this like queasy feeling in my stomach where I would have to go out and play and then almost always lose against that player because it was I know. you know what <laughs> i mean so true yeah you're just yep. like oh stop just being a backboard like do something like yep. you know and right. like, it's a special kind of anger yeah it is totally. it's a special kind of anger because to me it like betrays like a lack of sort of intellectual curiosity or like a <laughs> you're making like a straight up moral judgment <laughs> i am it, it feels like a moral judgment so you know on one it's hand, like having a bad roommate that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. it's like having yeah. a roommate who like just doesn't want to go out ever, but like keeps right. the house tidy. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, why? <laughs> why are you living for, man? Like, I hope you have some weird stash of like Japanese anime porn back there, because like, oh, what's getting you out of bed in the morning? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, fe it feels like a personal affront watching her play tennis. So this weekend's match, contrast and styles. You want to like took it took courage to play that way, and she did it, and that's cool because it was her first moment to do so and then the indian wells final like a three-setter that literally either of those russian women could win and they slugged it out in the sun for three hours yeah. and all people could say was like oh the match between roger federer and stanford Vrinka is getting delayed it's no you dummies you're getting this incredibly scintillating three-setter i know i'm thinking a lot about that because you know obviously there's gender implications to it but also just as a fan of tennis i feel like it's more my job now than ever because I want you to be excited about it. But I also want people to get beyond like, oh, can Roger win another one? Yeah, totally. And I think it's super smart that he's not going to play the clay season. Like I wondered about that. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that is. Yes, he knows what he's doing. I think both him and Serena playing very tactical scheduling tennis is really smart at their ages of 35 and 36, respectively. And yeah, we're not going to see Roger Federer at all on clay. I think it's totally the right move. So like yeah. Kanta, like better game her or Muguruza, because they're both kind of have that Lee Na thing where they're solid all over the place. Solid all over the place. Um, Muguruza's um, yeah, up and down. Her ceiling's higher. Her ceiling's higher. Yeah, exactly. Her ceiling's higher, but her consistency, I think, is lower. Whereas Kanta's like right. a thinker, and like I always like a thinker. Like it's like a Justine Henin versus Lindsay Davenport kind of equation to yeah, me, yeah. where it's like, yeah, Lindsay Davenport like could hit anybody off the court, really, but like. Yeah. Justine Tennant's playing like really intense tactical right. tennis. And again, you have to appreciate tennis for what it is. And maybe you have to play it to like understand just how different that feels. Totally. And we, but yeah, 
Ruta feels like somebody who can consistently get into like the quarters of the semis, right. but to beat a Ruta at peak is probably out of her capacity. Exactly. Like not David Frere, uh, Frere, but like in that, oh, in that, in, in that, vein, I also feel like she's like one of those players where they're like, I hope there's like a German word or something for the kind of player, <laughs> for the kind of player who like, uh, when the draw opens, it's like, oh yeah, this person's gonna like get to the semis or the final and like take advantage of it. Like she feels like she's at that point now, you know, um, where like she just needs some of the big hitters to, not that she's not a big hitter, but like some of them to fall out, and then she's right there. Yeah, agreed completely. I think the word in German would be opportunistic. <laughs> yeah, that feels right. I mean, I right. don't speak a lot of German, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> can we uh can we talk about fashion for a minute uh, you know what you don't even have to ask <laughs> so uh we talked last year i remember about that we were ready for the reign of neon to to, to go away but still adidas uh, it hasn't and i are both on it all the time like kyrgios like <laughs> his kit is a train wreck like it's like forest green and neon and i'm usually like i'd like it when it's weird but it's just not it's crazy terrible and then yellow socks and yellow shoes yeah that's it's, the it's, entire jack sock is now wearing nike he has the exact same outfit um yeah. federer they've allowed at least to like wear a muted short <laughs> a modicum of dignity yeah <laughs> a modicum of dignity that's roger federer's jolly jazz album i don't right there just him right. in a turtleneck right with, like Rolex peeking out from under the the cable net sweater right Right. Although it's cool. Like, I like, I like that. Like, I hope that he stays with the Henley shirt style. You yeah, know I, mean? I like, like it. I kind of like, want him to go full bore and like just do a Nehru collar, you know? <laughs> exactly. It would not, it probably wouldn't be so breathable, but sure. <laughs> no, the neon is, uh, it's eye bleeding. Yes. Adidas is, Adidas is better because it's, it's a little bit more uh, right. tactically deployed, but yeah, both of them not, um, I, I yeah, I'm not into it. I don't. I, well, maybe I'm just like fatigued of it. Yeah. Neon is something that I feel like is so bracing that you can only do it a little bit. Yeah, and it's been like two to three years of it. You know what I mean? And I feel like only Joke Djokovic and Murray are kind of kind of holding out. Like they haven't gone crazy. I mean, Murray's like all the way on the other end of the spectrum, obviously. Oh well, yeah, Murray's wearing like literal garbage bags. <laughs> really? See, I, I think I like it a little more than you because it's like. Uh, one, I'm sure it's how he feels on the inside all the time, so I respect that. And two, <laughs> and two, it's kind of like giving him like a Johnny. He's not aggressive enough, but like if he were more of a dick, he would have like a Johnny Cash thing going on. Oh, it. for a second, I thought you were gonna say like Johnny Depp and Crybaby, where he like just sheds a single tear and like wears leather, because that actually kind of could like if Murray like really went emo and right. like did like guyliner. What if he did like the dude version, or maybe the same version of like the leather Serena one from the U.S. Open a couple years back? Like a, like he comes in on a palaquin and he's wearing. Like leathery, strappy exactly. sandals, like a Ben Hur kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine how much we would be behind that? Jesus, we would be the only ones, yeah. but it would be worth it for us. Yeah, and Djokovic looks incredibly stately, as does um, Kane and Shikori in their very, yeah. very tasteful uh, yeah, right. Uniqlo outfits. So yeah, I feel like the 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 spectrum could not be more yes. widely distributed. Among folks, and it's it's the the neon is just appalling. Also, those shorts are so poorly designed. They're like board shorts on the Nike side. Yeah, and they are um like Jack sock. I I believe kind of has like a pretty well endowed posterior, and it just looks like it's enormous. <laughs> he looks like a horse. He looks like he has a horse butt. 
no, no. I mean, yeah, he's a pr- professional athlete. And I think we are totally right. Also, I was thinking that like tr- trying to like think outside myself and uh, and and the U.S. Like, I think Jack Sock has the most American face possible. One hundred percent. He also like cannot grow a beard um, other than the chin strap area, uh-huh. which has to be like some sort of like follicle pattern that you don't see out of like landlocked states. Right. Although I'm not far away from that yeah i'm not far away from that myself you can't you too cannot grow a mustache uh i mean i can but uh the return on investment is pretty low it's like three weeks and it looks horrible you know what i mean so like can we talk uh fetter for a minute i know that it's been said but i have like one or two thoughts after watching him a lot i have a young son so i've been watching more tennis than i had been um in terms of just being kind of pinned to the house um so tell me a weird thing was uh, Nadal said, I think after Indian Wells, maybe they were asking him about uh, Fetter's backhand. And he was like, ah, it's not that much different. And I was like, like, I try to defer to these guys. Right. Because they know, you know, they knew more at 12 than I'll ever know. But and like, do you think he's just <laughs> saying that as like uh, I'm frustrated because to the naked eye, it looks like a almost totally different shot. How hard he's hitting. It. Yeah, it's crazy. Even on even on yeah, return, Roger Federer is like five feet closer to the baseline and like hitting it flat yeah. across his body and like hitting creative hard and... backhand shots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah completely agree. It's a. It, I mean, from to me anyway, it's like lane day. It's, you know, for Nadal, it's like playing pretty well. Like, unfortunately for him, <laughs> kind of under the radar, but like he's really turned it around. Um, yeah. Oh crazy. yeah. Oh, one one more thing on the Federer thing, which I haven't heard mentioned. So just to make one tactical point, is that pretty sure being able, um, not having to run around your backhand as much is probably really good for him staying fresh. You, you know what I mean? Because it is so t- not that either one of my shots are worth running around to, but like on the few times the few <laughs> times that I've done it, like you really have to dig deep and take tons of small steps if you're going to run around something. Um, oh yeah. Just the positioning. Like I have two micro thoughts about that, which is um, like Victoria Azarenko said something really interesting um, when she was transitioning. I think it was like right about this time, even though now she's like on maternity leave um, and coming back and training, hopefully uh, for a return this summer. And she was talking about how, what's so hard about going from, hard court to clay for her was like every single ball has an extra step because you have to slide and then come back that made an entirety of difference for timing and fatigue and all this stuff um and then somebody told me about cycling the reason that they wear glasses is because the amount of blinking that glasses even if it's not raining or not sunny but just having protection in front of your eyes saves you over the course of a race the energy deployed blinking more if wind is in your eyes can be the difference in performance by like several seconds. Yeah. Right. And so like this, you know, if there is any, uh, infusion of like a saber metrics or, or money ball in tennis, which I'm not totally convinced that there is in terms of like the, the tactical play in terms of shot selection, just cause it's so personal and, you know, needs to be happening at such a sort of like instinctual level. But certainly when it comes to training and, um, and like macro sort of decisions, like, Hey, you're wasting a ton of energy running around your backhand. Like, can you over the course of a match turn that number into like 
10 versus right. 30. Like what a huge difference that would make, especially as like two week long tournaments we're on. So yeah, like it's hard not to imagine that that's a like a huge saver of 35 year old legs. And also I you know, like he was uh, in, interviewed about it. The, the, the other thing I want to say is he was interviewed about it and it was weird. The first, I think this was after the Australian maybe. Um, and the first thing he said was, well, it's been, you know, uh, an evolution from when I switch rackets. And I was like, wow, because that's like going back a ways. And I remember what a big deal it was that he switched rackets. Um, yeah, it was like yeah, four years thinking, ago. Man, he's in it for the long haul. And, you know, maybe having the big break like Ashley allowed him to, you know, because it's a big deal. Uh, even if, I'm sure like when you were in college or whatever, like to change a shot. And like imagine if you're a pro and your muscle memory is so set. So maybe he needed months. Oh my god, didn't I ever tell you? My tennis coach saw me goofing around once in practice and hitting one-handed backhand, so he made me play with oh. a one-handed backhand for three quarters Jesus. of my freshman call year. Child, call child it and was family services. That is outrageous. <laughs> Seriously. It, it nearly ruined my t- entire, like, everything. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. Hitting a one-handed backhand is really fun, but I couldn't do it well enough, and all of a sudden I'm, like, going from hitting it jokingly in practice one day <laughs> to, like, playing the, like, number three singles player from Iowa State who, like, isn't great, but is not right. bad either. Like not somebody try out a new shot. Yeah, on. no, I I remember trying it just to get into net, like in doubles, and just just like basically to not have to change grips. And I remember thinking like, oh, before I start doing this, I should make uh, my right shoulder three times as strong as it is. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, no. I should just go back and like be born with a different yeah, exactly, body. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like you're to to like return a serve to come over the ball. You have to be just really fucking strong. Oh yeah, like Stan Wawrinka like could like do yep. one arm pull ups based on how strong yeah. his backhand is, but that's yeah. like the only person in the world. And it does make you, it, and it does sort of tie in what we're talking about to this um, Federer and Nadal thing, which is, you know, there a lot of like hype was made certainly around the U.S. Open, but then again, um, in this tournament, going back to their first head to head in the Miami tournament in like 2004 or 2005. It was the first time they played. And I told you when we were doing our um, Australian Open episode that like watching them play this 2004 tape um, was like, oh, their games are not as good as they are now, which is so crazy to think that that's, that could be true. And, you know, it's subjective. What do I know? But the shots, like I said, were more in the middle of the court. They were generally shorter. The points were certainly scintillating. The matchup and styles obviously was there and they're both really intense and, you know, gifted obviously. But like, I have to say that they played better matches this year than that appeared to be in 2004 when they were like theoretically in their, you know, prime. And it's cool to think that like you keep improving, uh, or you, you could, or you should, you know, if you want to stay. And so like, it got me thinking like on like macro levels, like is the game getting better? year on year and like been in other sports too like is baseball the best it's ever been right is tennis the best it's ever been probably probably true of tennis i don't know about other sports but like definitely true of tennis in terms of like the way that people think about playing and the shot selection and the tactics tennis is unique uh, compared to a lot of other sports because it's still at a point where the equipment is changing like relatively rapidly like just like the strings and the racket so that yeah. that does change it but it's cool because i feel like the technology has like um like at least something awesome. often which is cool because like it wasn't that long ago that people thought that the technology would would end up ruining it right like that was like a real fear for a while um and i feel like it's done the opposite yeah although if i'm being honest like i am still part of me still actually thinks like tennis might be better if we were playing it with wooden rackets 
I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, really? Have you ever watched those? <laughs> have you watched those matches? Yeah, because there's a lot of really. Because uh, yes, I, I know it's a controversial thing, and I'm not just saying it to be provocative. The way that I say like uh-huh. that, I hate the Beatles. Although I actually do. <laughs> um, it's more like, um, it's more like I miss the idea that you can just gun it into the net and like dive. Yeah. You know. And, like, you had such a small margin for error with ground strokes that, like, you couldn't do all these incredible things. But because of that, and so because of that, you had to, like, win points on first strike tennis, which was, like, a lot about your serve and a lot about taking control of the net. And, like, I don't begrudge or, like, feel, like, betrayed about what, like, by what tennis has become because what we played in college is much more similar to what it, what it is now. And so I recognize what it is now better. But there's part of me that is a little sad that I never got to play this version of the game that was just like, you know, me running into the net and like diving on grass, like Boris Becker, like diving across the net, you know, hitting, you know, inside out backhand volleys across the court. Like that's cool. And I think like, that's, I'm never going to get to have that. Like it's probably not as dramatic, but like, you know, if you're like a 1950s Hoosier who like plays basketball and you just like pass (laughs) a lot. That is a hot take. I have never once thought that like (laughs) you heard it here first. You're welcome, listeners totally. of the main draw, for this hot take 31 minutes into our conversation. <laughs> that will probably remain, um, I will remain in isolation in, in my viewpoint. But I do think part of me misses that idea that I that the game could have I been like so, that. I think so, although, you know, I think if like I love uh, one of my pleasures in life is taking a break at uh, work when I'm eating lunch and watching old matches on YouTube. Like, God, it's so, that's one of those things around like the time we live in. And when you watch those old matches, which is super fun, like the graphics on the television and the announcers and the fashion, it's super great. But that style of tennis, like a lot of those players had really bad shots. Like they had shots that uh, would never go by. Oh, like embarrassing. Yeah, like embarrassing weaknesses, which like you could say like in like, oh, it's a hero's flaw and everything. But it also just meant like rallies ended super disappointingly sometimes like like the weird uh stiffness of the sampras and the becker backhand and like the edberg forehand is like so bad you want to look at it like you want to look at it frame by frame to figure out what's actually happening (laughs) he sort of like cups the ball (laughs) like it's bizarre yeah wow yeah, even Isovich does that too, where he kind of like holds it on his strings and like just kind of like pulls yeah. it over the net. That's an interesting. That's an interesting. Okay, th- you okay. convinced wow. me actually. Wow, um, that's. I still wouldn't like turn down a game of you know, uh, <laughs> grass court tennis on with uh, right. Racket, like you would not but... push Bill Tilden out of bed, basically. <laughs> Bill Tilden, your time has come. Um, Good, Good news, news brother. brother. Um, Get your wooden rackets and let's hit the courts. Yeah, no, but I do think like these sort of like uh, thought experiments are necessary sometimes to sort of like remind yourself of what you're watching and why it's so cool Um, because it is really cool. And guess what? I am so excited about this because literally right now we are on the precipice of clay court season, which is my favorite season. Yes. Yeah. You you love it. Yeah. clay court season clay court i don't know if it's because it was my favorite service playing or i like the iteration of the game being slower and more sort of tactical and like more variety that you get but like hardcore tennis is not really my jam clay is where it's at and everyone like knocking clay out of their 
shoes and yeah. the stains and socks it's just like ah all right on that note uh let's um let's check back in as Lakeport season um, gets going. Uh, if it's like half as good as early hardcore has been, we're in good shape. We're in great shape. Thank you, Chris. Right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Later on, Caitlin.